I don't usually preach barefooted. I might could get used to it, though. I take that back. While y'all were not here, we, we didn't always wear our Sunday go-to-church clothes under our robe. I'm not going to lie to you about it. But we have tended to go back to the norm with that. But today is a little different. Normally, baptism is way at the beginning and long before the sermon. But I think you'll see momentarily why today is a little bit different with baptism. We're making our way through 1 John. There are three letters there, and we are spending this Eastertide season making our way through that first letter of John. Here's what we have for today. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey God's commandments. For the love of God is this, that we obey God's commandments. And God's commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world. Isn't that funny? Because I really think the way of God is pretty burdensome. I really think that the way of Jesus is awfully aggravating. It doesn't come to us easily or naturally sometimes. And so it was so fascinating for me to read this. For the love of God is this, that we obey God's commandments. And God's commandments are not burdensome. That's weird. It is a burden to have to love everybody. It is heavy to have to take care of everybody. It is a load to carry, to think in terms of caring for the least of these, just as starters and the low-hanging fruit. For the love of God is this, that we obey God's commandments. And God's commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is the truth. You've heard the ancient story. And this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Not my faith, our faith. We're in this together. Maybe that is what makes the burden a little bit lighter, that I'm not doing this by myself, and you're not doing this by yourself. We are doing this together. After 20 plus years of standing in this pulpit, there are some days that I long to say something new, something different, something creative, something mind-blowing, something innovative, something groundbreaking, something revolutionary. 
Instead, I find myself following along the lines of the biblical writers and just saying the same old, same old. That's what we got again today. The same old, same old. For this season of Eastertide, we're following along with the story of an early group of believers who are writing 1 John together in a way. We've mentioned along the way that this letter has been written by a community for a community. It's their collective wisdom. It's their collective instruction. It's their collective witness. Like if Russ and I started writing a letter about our faith and what it means to be in community together, we would collaborate with that. But what we would write down would be so influenced by 20 plus years with you. You would hear some of your own words in our words because we have changed and we have grown. And so if we were to try to write a letter, it wouldn't just be from Russ and Amy, it would be from Park Road Baptist Church. And we would have been influenced by other churches out there because we're all writing this story of faith together. For this letter first that we know as 1 John, it's their collective wisdom, their collective instruction, their collective witness. So we thought during Eastertide, if we talked about this here at Park Road during that season from Easter to Pentecost, that we might better understand what we believe as a collective if we eavesdrop on how they did it way back then. But what I'm finding each and every week is that they just keep saying the same old thing. Nothing new, nothing different, nothing creative, nothing mind-blowing, nothing innovative, nothing groundbreaking, and nothing revolutionary. It's so aggravating and burdensome to not get new, creative, mind-blowing, innovative, groundbreaking, revolutionary ideas. Today we hear words like believe, love, faith, truth. These are the words that keep showing up in Scripture. They're important, but there's nothing new there. Living in the shadow of the cross, this community is simply trying to make its way as resurrection people. And they are not all in one accord about the happenings of the Easter story. I do love to hear about other churches not all being in one accord because we don't walk in lockstep here either. But what they do is they just keep repeating themselves over and over and over again with the hope that many will believe and many will join their company and many will commit their lives to the way of a risen one who is still very much in their midst, just as he is still very much in our midst. The Gospel of John closes with a final resurrection thought. The one who has seen this, referencing the death of Jesus, the one who has seen this, referencing resurrection living, 
The one who has seen this has borne witness, and his witness is true, and that one knows that he speaks truth that you might also believe. The final witness will become the primary witness of the Johannine community. One of the first things we observe in this text is that it begins with the confession, Jesus is the Christ. Baptism begins with the confession, Jesus is Lord. And this text continues with the confession, Jesus is the Son of God, and concludes with the confession, this is the one who has come in the water and in the blood. This living witness is confessed by the church in the Spirit, for the Spirit is the truth. Then the text actually equates the love of God with obedience to God's, God's commandments. Ordinarily, when people obey a command, there is fear or resentment. Say if a police officer pulls me over to the side of the road, even if it's for my own safety, I usually react with cold sweat, foreboding, and fear. What did I do wrong? How much am I going to have to pay? Because of the color of my skin, I don't usually ask, am I going to be killed? But that is the experience of many. It's different with the commands of God. This text suggests so. In this context, the commands are linked to God's love. The emphasis here is quite clearly on the uplifting quality of obedience to God's commandments. We hear that God's commandments are not burdensome at all. Quite the contrary, they fortify us and empower us and enable us to conquer the world. For people that are looking for a way to survive or cope in the world, it is shockingly good news to hear that by obeying God's commandments, they are born of God and can overcome the world. This word speaks of empowerment and uplift. And oh, how we need this word this day. When we scheduled a baptism for today, I really didn't pay attention to the text for today or the theme for this sermon series. This was a long time ago, and I just didn't even look to see what was happening today. As we often do, we keep with where we're going, and we just plop a baptism at the beginning of it, and we try to reference it throughout the service as much as possible, but we keep going with where we were going in the first place. But as I read and studied the text for today, this week, more closely, I began to realize I'm not the preacher today. Sophia is our preacher. It's her worst nightmare, I'm going to tell you. True. She's the one showing us today what it looks like and what it means to follow Jesus. We do the things he did. We say the things he said. We follow him wherever he went. And he went through the waters of baptism. 
Even when his cousin, John the baptizer, tried to talk Jesus out of it by saying that the roles should be reversed, John says, it's you who should be baptizing me. But Jesus responded to John, do it now. This is what is proper and good and the right thing to do. And so John took Jesus through the healing waters. John took Jesus through the cleansing waters. And John took Jesus through the waters of wholeness and goodness and faith. And when that happened, it was as if the heavens opened up and peace washed over him. And a voice said, this is my son. I love him. I am so pleased with him. As the writer of this letter points out, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, a beloved child. For the love of God is this, that we obey God's commandments. And God's commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is truth. One of the things I told Sophia as she and I talked about and prepared for today, as much as it feels like today is about her, which she doesn't love that part, I tried to tell her that today is really about God. Sophia is just pointing the way to God. She is an instrument today showing us God. It's why baptism is a public profession of faith. It's about telling the world about what she feels inside. It's making public what has been more private. And the message is she follows Jesus who leads her to God every single time. The way of Jesus will lead you to God. And if you watch closely today, you may see the heavens open again. And if you look intently today, you may sense a peace washing over her and washing over us. And if you listen carefully today, you may even hear, this is my daughter. I love her. I am so pleased with her. Words that we all long to hear. Words that we all need to hear. God is always saying it. It's just that in moments of baptism, we finally get to really hear it. This is my child. I love him or her. I am so pleased with them. I have longed to say something new, something different, 
something creative, something mind-blowing, something innovative, something groundbreaking, something revolutionary. Well, today, I don't get to say it. Sophia says it for me today. So watch, look, and listen, and you will get to bear witness to the Jesus way that points us to God. Every single time, the Jesus way will take you to God. And in so doing, Sophia joins the millions of us who seek to conquer the world with that unburdensome spirit of truth, which is simply love. If you've paid attention, our sermons always end with, may it be so, amen. That's when you start rustling your papers and getting ready for the next thing. Well, I'm not finished yet. There's more to this sermon in the water. May it be something new and creative and mind-blowing and innovative and groundbreaking and revolutionary. Hear now Sophia's statement of faith as read to you by her mother. I am being baptized today because I am committing my life to Christ and to live by Jesus' example. I am committing to treat others with kindness, forgiving others, and to love God with my whole heart, soul, and mind. I am being baptized today to allow the church to hold me accountable to my commitment. Sophia, because of your decision to follow in the way of Jesus, because of your decision to claim him as the one that you will follow that will lead you to God every single time you decide to follow his way, every single time you decide to say what he said, do what he did, and go where he went, you will find God. I promise you that. And because of your decision to follow in that way, I baptize you, my sister, buried in the likeness of his death and raised to walk in the newness of life. See, here is water. What is to prevent you from being baptized? May it be so. Amen.